like them fast. Welcome to another edition of the Niners Nation podcast, a.k.a. Scarlet Jimmy's, appropriately named today after Jimmy Garoppolo had a hell of a game, man. The 49ers win 24-20. I am joined by Rich Madrid. Rich, what's going on, man? Not much, Kyle. How you doing? Doing good. Just uh, probably going to wake up with some gray hairs after that one. That was that was ugly. That was sloppy. There's no other way to put it, but a win is a win, man. So coming in two months, three months from now, if the 49ers in the playoffs, nobody cares that they turn the ball over five times. They just won, and that's what really matters. So let's uh, let's just talk about it. Let's talk about the game. We're going to have a couple takeaways here. Get, get in and out like we do most of the post game. So two teams today faced a backup quarterback in the afternoon games. One was the Seattle Seahawks. One was the San Francisco 49ers. The Seahawks did not beat the backup quarterback. The 49ers did. And as I mentioned, it was ugly. They turned the ball over five times, but they won. And that's what really matters. They, the good news is for the defense, they limited the Steelers to just one red zone trip, which is pretty amazing considering the turnovers, as well as they held the Steelers to three for 12 on third down. That's like that's how you do it. That's how you would draw it up on defense. That's what you want. And a lot of people are going to say Mason Rudolph, but let's not act like he was a scrub. He played four years in college. He was a Heisman finalist, third-round picks. He's been prepared. It's not like he hasn't been prepared for this. So is he a top-ten quarterback? No, not by any means. But I just think that the defense played very, very well today. And, and that's, we're gonna, that's where we will start with. So, Rich, let's start with the defensive line. Um, Nick Bosa. How about that guy today? Yeah, I think he was in the backfield at least once every drive, and it's going to be interesting to see the pressure totals from this game. But he didn't have a sack, but he was in the backfield quite a bit. Yeah, he was just chasing Mason Rudolph all game, it seems like. And for the record, this Steelers offensive line, and they've been playing together for a while as well, they are they've been one of the, the five best offensive lines in the past few years now. So to see the 49ers kind of dominate them, I feel do, would you say that they dominated them? Would you agree with that? I would definitely agree with that. I mean, you can just see the way Ford gets off the ball and gets in the backfield. Bosa was like I said earlier kicking Villanueva's ass the entire game. Um, Armstead, Buckner, yeah. everybody was everybody played a part. I mean, I think even Thomas had had himself a couple good snaps in there. Yeah, Thomas is much better when he's inside. I mean, that's just – it's not even comparable. He's just a different player. But like you mentioned, everybody was getting after it. Ford Ford is so bendy, so Gumby-like when he comes around that corner, man. His sack was big time, just flexibility, speed. But just back to Bosa, there was a third down play. I think it was the third down, the last third down of the game. He's going up against Villanueva. He just bull rushes Villanueva to the ground. And I, I cannot wait to see the all-22 angle of this because literally gets his hands on him, takes him to the ground, runs right through him like he's not even there, forces Rudolph from the pocket, and Rudolph throws an incompletion. Just a pretty impressive game that if you look at the box score, what he finished with, I think he had one tackle. So if you're just looking at that, you're thinking, oh, man, he, he really didn't do anything. But anybody who watched the game know that knew that Bosa got after it pretty good today. So Bosa had a day. Buckner had a day, too. So he had a, he had a sack. He finished with eight tackles. He's, he's just hustling around everywhere. So um, Ronald Blair was actually dropped in coverage and made a play, if I remember that right. 
So, yeah, we didn't even mention him. Just the depth of this 49ers defensive line is going to carry them a long way. And I feel like today is a great example because Kyle Shanahan just said this in the presser as well, that this is not a game that this team wins. This this isn't a game that mo- – like, who is able to win when you turn over the turn over the ball that much? But, yeah, I think the, the defensive line – absolutely gets the game ball it was a it was good to see anybody else impress you off the defensive line sorry i just heard some weird voices on there um other standouts i think you mentioned blair he got in there with the pressure that in a in a key situation witherspoon till he got hurt i thought he looked pretty good he um, Sherman was kind of iffy again. I mean, he's been kind of iffy all season up and down. I don't, and I don't really know what's going on there. I wonder if it's just maybe they're targeting him a little bit more and he's not used to it or what, but for the most part, I would have to say that Bosa and Buckner and definitely Ford were probably the top three on the defense. And that was all on the front four, not even the front seven there, but the secondary still still showed up when they needed to. I think they only gave up the one long pass anyways, but who cares? Right. <laughs> right. That was uh so that was Jason Brett. That was my guy, man. He and and now that he's been beaten like that, now that he gave up two plays, they're good. Everybody's just gonna be out on him. So if you want to talk about that Verrett touchdown, he is has his eyes in the backfield and that was the, the part that's driving me insane it's, he didn't get beat let's be very clearly it's not like uh, i think it was yeah. deontay uh their third round yep receiver i think it was deontay johnson who who ran who just ran a vertical route he didn't do anything he i think he might have given him a little bit of a hesitation but jason verrett he's backpedaling backpedaling he hesitates pauses with his eyes in the backfield thinking that it's going to be a quick throw Johnson just keeps running, and Verrett just has no chance. Wasn't the safety's fault? Wasn't anybody else's fault? It's all Verrett's fault. But I don't think like it's not a sign that oh he's washed up, he's done. He just has to get his eyes out of freaking backfield. And we also saw the play before that, the pass interference call where man he just he got his feet tangled up. That happens. That is a play that is going I mean, he, to happen. He didn't play any snaps in the preseason either, right? So no, these are the these first were his first two snaps. Yeah, I, I actually do. I'm pretty sure he was on the field before that in Nichols in Nichols situation, just a couple times sprinkled in there, but obviously wasn't targeted. So, yeah, I'm not willing to give up on Verrett just yet because I know what kind of talent he is. So this is the, the literal first two times he's been targeted in like two or three years. So I'm not not completely out on him, not going to give up there still like it wasn't great. And I would have I totally agree with putting Mosley in there just because you, you cannot continue to I mean, you. They knew he had a giant target on his back. They're going to go after him. Yeah, and he still he got caught looking in the backfield on a throw that he thought was going the other way, and then Rudolph came back to his side, and it was too late. He couldn't recover. I mean, yep, that's just that's, a, that's just a you know a mental mistake. You know, in a case of a guy probably not being in there for. I mean, when was the last time he played in a game in a real game? Well, he didn't even play last <laughs> yeah. season, I don't think so. You know, it's been a, a full season's worth and then some. Yeah, there's there's no doubt about it. So he, he has obvious rust, and he's going to have to shake that off. So Achille Witherspoon was out of the game because he has a foot injury. He left the locker room 
tonight with a walking boot on. He does think he will be okay. We will find out tomorrow because I mean there, he's not going to be like it's broken. I'm not going to. I'm going to miss the entire season. So we'll find out. He he's been balling all year. That long touchdown he gave up. That's he just can't dive. He has to stay on his feet and just secure the tackle and then make the Steelers' offense prove that they can go down the field. But on that, the real issue was something that has been happening over and over and over again through the first two weeks was Tarverius Moore and his angles. He has taken some terrible angles, and it has led to some big plays. It led to a couple of big plays last week, and ultimately today he finally paid for it with a touchdown. That might, if that's the reason that Jimmy Ward plays, I'm going to drive my like it's going to drive me insane. But I mean, we'll see. It's just something that again. So he's essentially a rookie playing in his third game, so he has to he has to figure that out. Still, though, I thought the defense just was 239 yards. What they gave up, 48 percent of those came on two the two plays, so the juju play and then that Verrett touchdown. So overall, man, the, the defense just played really well. Let's uh let's go to the other side of the ball. Let's talk about the quarterback, man. Jimmy Garoppolo finished today 23 of 32, 277 yards, had a touchdown, had two interceptions. So again, if you if you just look at the box score, you're probably thinking, man, two interceptions again? What's going on with Jimmy G? But I think this is one of the better games, if not the best game that I've seen him play, just from in the pocket, looking comfortable, keeping his eyes down the field, extending plays, and just throwing the ball on target, man. He, he looked really good, I think so. Uh, tell me about Jimmy Garoppolo. How do you feel like he played? I felt like the first interception he had might have been more his fault. You know, I just I have a pet peeve with watching NFL quarterbacks underthrow or misthrow passes to the running backs in the backfield. It just it bothers me for some reason because it's always high, it's always behind them, and they never it never seems to go well. Um, and I think that was the case with that one. But it, forgettable, forget about it, move on. They didn't really capitalize on it, you know, with the th- just three points they got out of it with that one. And then the second interception to Pettis, I think, was more on Pettis. And I don't know what's we talk about this all the time. I don't know what's going on with him, and it feels like he should have fought more for that pass. I thought it was within his reach. But outside of that, I thought Garoppolo was sharp and on target. You know, even so, and people are going to dog him because they're going to say, "Well, a lot of these throws are wide open and stuff." And that's what they're not <laughs> seeing in real time is they're not seeing the shots that he's taking, and the fact that in a lot of these throws, even though they're wide open, he's not able to step into them. And that's where his mechanics, like I wrote about in that piece, and I think Seth Galina has talked a little bit about in the past, is that his mechanics will bail him out on those throws and that's fine. Um, the way he, you know, pivots around his waist and everything when he throws, he has to, because as you can see today, he was getting lit up on almost every single throw. So, and he still kept it on point. It was, you know, he had a lot of passes where he hit the guys in stride and they kept running. He would have finished with probably over 300 yards if Debo hadn't dropped the one pass deep down the middle. And, you know, the throw to Pettis was nice, crisp, and, you know, right on target where it needed to be in front of three defenders. So, and for the most part, I thought he played really well, minus the the two obvious interceptions that people are going to point to. Yeah, and on that interception to Brita, that, that is a fluke play. Like, it hits him in the hands and it bounces straight up, and there just so happened to be a defensive end right there to catch it. So, 
it's just with the most some of their turnover sets, the fumbles, the one that hit Richie James in the helmet. Yeah, it is really hard to make up some of the turnovers that they had today. But again, yeah, I think just going back to Garoppolo, his ability to hang in the pocket and just wait till the very very last minute and then deliver the ball and deliver the ball accurately was came through in a big way today. That so on that same drive where he hit Pettis on the game winning touchdown. How about like a couple plays before that, where he's scrambling around, climbs a pocket, throws to Pettis? Was that a was that a drop or did I miss that? I don't, Should Pettis have caught that? No, I don't think so. I need to go back and look at it. I, I I thought that too, but it looked like the defender had gotten in there and knocked it away, or at least hindered Pettis from being able to really get a hand on it. Yeah, he definitely it, stopped him from just fully coming back to the ball. I didn't know if he was he got a hand in there or not. Yeah, I don't know either. Uh, they didn't really show a replay of it. They just showed the replay of him throwing the pass. So yeah, the, the replay sucked today. There was uh, there was not not many good replays on some significant plays. I thought, but that's a whole other story. So yeah, Jimmy G, man, very good game today, and this is the type of performance that the 49ers need out of him. So that will take us to the receivers. Speaking of drops and just getting open. I was not a fan of the receivers today. Like you mentioned, the Debo Samuel drop. There was a couple of plays where it seems like the 49ers, who 6 of 11 today on third down, which is very, very good, uh, 54%, I believe that is. that You will take that every day of the week. But in these obvious passing situations, if it's not schemed open, the receivers are really struggling to get open. So uh, Pettis, James, Debo, Goodwin on these tight, tight coverages, tight man coverage, when it isn't play action, when you're not, you know, when you don't have open lanes to run through, you, you just have less resistance. The 49ers receivers are really struggling, and and I wonder when that will come back to bite them truly because it, it didn't today because they were able to stay ahead of the change a little bit and just stay out of third and long. But – a, a really good defensive coordinator on third down is going to just say, we're going to double Kittle and make somebody else beat us. And that hasn't happened yet, but it, it's coming, man. How do you, uh, how do you feel about the wide receivers? Just, just through three games. Kind of an up and down crew. I just, I don't know. They, I wish they could get Pettis more involved. Like I said, you know, we, we don't really know what's going on there, but it just seems like none of them have really been able to separate themselves from the pack. And I wonder if that's just the youth involved in the group or what, but for the most part, if they're not getting, you know, soft coverages, like you said, they're, they're having a tough time getting off man coverage most of the time. And that's really concerning and it's going to start showing up against some of these better teams coming up. But I think y'all be interested to see like um, next the next game is against the Browns, and they'll have Denzel Ward and they'll have Greedy Williams. So playing these press man, yeah. So that'll be a that'll be interesting. Uh, go ahead. Sorry. It's going to be really important to get guys like Jalen Hurd back, and obviously Trent Taylor being on IR now this season is going to hurt because he's another option you have in the slot to move around. They're really, really going to need everybody who's available to be healthy and, and able to play because. Right now, you can't rely on one or two guys all the time. It really will be like an all hands on deck situation where 
you know, one drive, they might need this guy. One drive, they might need the other guy, which they're doing a good job. Like Kyle Shanahan is doing a very good job of mixing it up and not relying on, let's say, like a Debo Samuel every drive. So, yeah, whenever touches are not manufactured for the receivers, that's where they're struggling. But, again, they're young, and they're going to have – this is the part of the growing, the growing pains, the learning experience that you go through when you are relying on these young, inexperienced receivers. So how the box score looks today – Kittle had eight targets, caught six of them for 57 yards. Then the next leading receiver was Juice, which is crazy. So I mean, he had a 20 that long 27 yarder where uh, I love when he <laughs> when he makes play, he gets up and looks around and just starts flexing and talking shit. I love that. Uh, he had three catches for 51 yards. Debo three for 44. Marquise Goodwin two for 41. I actually thought this was going to be a game where. You know, we like how we saw last week when Goodwin got a long touchdown. I thought Goodwin was going to be able to make some plays today, but that did not happen. Kendrick Bourne, one catch, 22 yards. Rich James, two for 22. Dante Pettis actually had four catches, but only went for 20 yards. So we will. He had four. Uh, yeah, I, I don't remember that. I can only remember. I can only remember the two. Well, you know what? He had the one. Did he catch? He had the one screen okay. pass at the end of the first yeah, half. Yeah, didn't do anything. No. Where nobody was blocking. Uh, let's. So yeah, that's uh, that should. Pre- I mean, pretty much. How do you feel out just Justin Skew real quick before he, uh, before we move on because he he seemed like he played a clean game until the announcers brought it up, and then once that happened, it just seemed like penalty blown block. Just that he was just getting his butt kicked after that. How do you feel like? Uh, because the Steelers do have a very good just defensive front as well. Just Justin Skew on the pass rush or. Justin Skew in the offensive line in general. I have a theory, and I think that they were sending a little more pressure than we thought from the left side. And it's I'm, I'm going to have to go back and watch this because if that's true, then they just they were just getting rid of the ball or it wasn't affecting the play at all. But if he was getting beat more than it looked like, that could be an issue. Yeah, absolutely. And and so a couple people mentioned he, it, but I need to go back and see. Just because they didn't call his name, I mean, I'm, I'm a little skeptical of that. how well he played. Yeah. Yeah, I, th- I, I imagine. So Kyle Shanahan, he's not going to say that he was just terrible, but he did say that, you know, whenever you don't mention a guy and a play caller is not going out of his way to avoid running plays at him, that he probably played a pretty good game. But, again, that was a good point just when you said – getting rid of the ball fast or using play action. I'm sure that there was plenty of plays where, you know, Kittle or Juice stayed in to chip. So it's just, he has help and that's what it's going to be like until that Staley gets back. So hopefully Staley does not miss the full eight weeks because they will need him. So early on in the game, Minka Fitzpatrick made his presence felt. He had that interception. He also forced a fumble. Are you, were you just worried about, um, I guess the fumble, like is the fumble is going to be a thing. So Mostert lost the ball. I think he lost it twice, didn't he? Yeah, he lost two, one on the handoff, one when he got um, tagged in the middle of the air as he was trying to dive forward. And these guys had issues last year too. I don't remember. That's what I thought. I don't remember how many Mostert had last year, but I know he had a few. Jeff Wilson had an issue with it late in the season last year. Brita didn't really, but – I don't, you know, the, at least for Mostert and Wilson, um, it could really be, I mean, maybe it's just them, you know, it's just the thing that they do, I guess. It, it's really frustrating to watch, especially as it happened drive after drive after drive. Right. Um, 
that's that's the frustrating part is that you know there you have to put them back in there because who else are you going to put in there? And it's not like Mostert's a bad player by any means. It's, you, I mean, you can't put him in there if you don't hold on the freaking ball. Yeah, I, I don't know why he has that issue. And then especially, you could see that they were the coaches were getting him to everybody to hold the ball with two hands as soon as they caught it or took a handoff. Cause <laughs> yeah. it was, it was pretty obvious that some of these catches and stuff like Kittle and juice where they were, you know, like you, like they teach us in high school to, to cross your arms with it. But yeah, he like Jeff Wilson was in there with, like he was guarding that ball with his dear life. After That was pretty funny just to see. And if it, it seems like when you do that, you take away from your like just agility because you're just, I don't, I don't know how to describe it, but he he probably could have gotten more yards had the other players not fumbled. But I just looked it up, and um, Mostert only fumbled one time last year is what Pro Football Reference says. I must be thinking of he Wilson. Has, yeah, no, I, I do remember Wilson having issues. So Mostert fumbled once in 2018, once in 2017, and then once in 2015. It's not like he's getting all types of touches, but – um, I let me let me see what Jeff Wilson had. I'm pretty sure that Wilson has had his fair share. Yeah, he Wilson had three in 66 attempts last year. So that's that's yeah. Great. Plus they have they've had some in preseason too. I mean last pre last sure. year preseason was really bad for fumbles for those guys. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, overall, man, still really really impressive performance. Just just by the defense, what I would say, and then. The offense being able to overcome, they, I would love to hear what whatever Shanahan said during the halftime because they came out firing. They scored 21 points in the second half, and they just made the most of their drives. They're, they were clicking, and that's how I expected them to play the entire game. But they woke up. They got it. Who gets your game ball? I'm going to give it to Dante Pettis. Ooh, game-winning touchdown. That is the Dante Pettis I remember from last season. Just coming up in big time situations, yep. right? Yeah, that's what that's what I expected because he's he was very very good last year. I know he had there were I would say in context when you when you compare him to other rookies, what he was able to do was very very impressive and expect I was just expecting like he, he was just going to carry over into this season like he was going to be able to eat guys up with the line of scrimmage and he was going to be able to have big plays and have like last year's touchdown against Seattle where he's just running simple slants and posts and he outruns everybody. I thought that was going to be a thing. We haven't really seen that over the first three weeks. And that was a great job on that touchdown to come back to the ball. That was very, very good by him, but you just need more. And hopefully that touchdown, you know, he's able to build off that and they are able to take off from here because they're going to need help. They're going to need Pettis to be, I mean, quote unquote, their number one receiver, especially um, with the Browns coming up here on Monday Night Football. So they get a bye week, and Richard Sherman said they need it so they can get healthy. So hopefully, you know, Bosa should be fully healed. D Ford should be fully healed. Witherspoon is hopefully, you know, he's not he's not going to miss too much time because he's been big time this year. My game ball, I, I mean, I'll go the entire defensive line just because I felt like they won this game. They were able to keep the Steelers out of the end zone, keep Mason Rudolph off his spot. And ultimately that was the difference. I thought they would able to they were they would have been able to force more turnovers. Did not do that, but still man, a really good game 
got a got a nice little fumble towards the end of the game, and that was able to a really good hustle play by Eric Armstead. I'm seeing more and more of this punch thing, and Fred Warner threw like a fadeaway punch. It was pretty funny, but Eric Armstead was able to punch the ball away. That was able to seal the deal and ultimately get the 49ers the victory. So, um, Rich, anything else before we get out of here? It was pretty quick. I mean, it was ugly. It was sloppy. There's nothing uh, – nothing – that you want to write home about, but they won. I mean, that's what freaking matters. Who else? Nothing else really matters. They won. Yeah. I, I don't know. I think we'd not, I don't think Saul is getting enough credit right now. I kind of want to give a shout out to that guy for calling some really good defensive yeah. game plans lately. I know these teams that they've played well, aren't really, you know, I think between the three, they all have what two wins, one win. Yeah, and obviously the Steelers have plenty of talent, yeah. though. It's not like they're um, – what was your favorite call by um, Saturday? I think the, not just that call, but not today, but uh, overall in general, the amount of creeper pressures that he's calling has been really interesting to see. And so a creeper pressure is – looks like a fire zone blitz, but it's not a fire zone blitz. But everybody calls it a fire zone blitz because you see a defensive lineman drop into coverage but yep. it's only a four-man rush. They're just replacing that dropping defensive lineman into the flat curl area with a, another rusher from usually from the linebacker spot. And they can bring him from anywhere. So when they have to – when the quarterback has to account for it, he has to literally account for six, you know, possibly seven rushers at any given time. And that's – for a quarterback like Mason Rudolph, that can be probably pretty confusing. And they did that a, a couple times today. I mean, with good result, too. So it's uh, interesting to see these little wrinkles he's added. And I I don't think we saw him that much last year, but we're definitely seeing an uptick in those creeper pressures this year. And that's becoming a big thing in general across both NFL and college. Just because it's so successful. So you can still – you have seven people in coverage and you're giving up like a short – flat, whatever you want to call it. So the one creeper pressure that stood out to me today was where Blair got his hands on the ball. So Blair's at the weak side defensive end. The ball's on the left hash. Blair drops back. Fred Warner blitzes up the A-gap. Rudolph sort of panics. I mean, I don't know if panic is the right word, but he just he thinks that there's a blitz. So he looks to his left, gets rid of the ball. Ball is thrown right in the vicinity of Blair. I believe Blair was able to tip it. 49ers get off the field. Just It's very simple. It, and I, I wonder when offenses are going to adjust to that. But it's, it is very good to see. Just them change up their looks. I think we're seeing a lot of different looks in the secondary. And I would I would say I would imagine Joe Woods has a lot to do with that as well. But I'm glad you shouted out the D.C. just because, yeah, he, he should get love and because he is calling the plays and he is putting these players in situations to make plays. And it's great because – they have really good players. That matters. But, I mean, you have to still go out and execute, and they're doing just that. So, yeah, I think I think that'll do it for us. Uh, Rich, where can, the, where can the people follow you on Twitter? You can find me on Twitter at, at RichJMadrid. Nice. You can find me at KP underscore show. 3-0. First time since 1998. That'll do it for us, guys. Thanks for tuning in. We will be back in two weeks after the bye week.